Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. We're ending our series on living the dream. I hope that you've enjoyed that. I hope that it's been uh, something that really has helped you dream again. And uh, we're going to move on. So last Sunday, I talked about six disciplines that we see from Joseph's life. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the last three. But here's what I want to say. It's summertime. And we're all moving. And we're all going vacation. Come on, I see your pictures. I'm sort of jealous, but I'm not because jealousy is a sin. But uh, <laughs> I am living vicariously through you. Just know that. Um, but here's the, here's the thing. We are growing as a body. So if you're not here, here's what I'm asking you to do. Listen to the podcast. Because I would hate for you to come back and we're further than when you left. Grow with us. Grow with us. Just make that a responsibility of, of being here and being committed to the house. Grow with us because I believe that God is speaking to us and he's moving us somewhere and we want you to be involved in the word. And so I, I think that that would be good. That way you know kind of what's going on. Well, I'm excited that you're here. I'm going to pray and then we're going to get into it. God, we thank you for the word. Ooh, that was really loud. God, we thank you for the word. We thank you that you magnify sound so that uh, we can receive your word. We pray that, that the word would go forth, the Holy Spirit would be present, and transformation would occur in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. And man, we're talking about living the dream, and I want to I, I, I do this uh, Marvel moment where we show you the end, and then we talk, and then we bring you backwards, okay? So we've been talking about Joseph, and we've kind of been leading this story up, and I'm going to kind of fill in the gaps here as we continue, but there is this really awesome moment with Joseph and his brothers, Genesis 50, and here's what happens, basically if you, if you know the story or don't, Joseph was favored by his father, but he didn't have any friends. And let me just tell you, if you're a leader and you got favor and no friends, you're not going to lead well for long. That's just the reality. And so sometimes our gift can promote us where our character can't take us. Does that make sense? Joseph had to learn some character. And so he went to run an errand for his dad. His brothers kind of did this coup and, and, and thought, we're going to kill him. No, it was a toss-up between killing him and, and selling him. And so they sold, threw him in a pit, sold him to these Ishmaelite traders. And uh, he moves in and becomes a slave. And he begins to work for this guy named Potiphar. And he does well. He thrives. He, he's one of the... And eventually he is put in charge of Potiphar's home. Starts to do well in Potiphar's home, is owning it, running it. In fact, Potiphar puts him in charge of everything. And then all of a sudden Potiphar's wife's like, hey, how you doing? You know, you know what I'm saying? It, 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 you know what I'm saying? It, like I said last week, it took it from PG to PG-13 real quick. You know what I'm saying? And she, her, she wanted Joseph to lie with her. Okay, we got kids in the room, y'all understand. Listen, it was a bunking party. <laughs> Listen, um, and Joseph was like, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. You're, my master has put me in charge of everything except for you. 
And you, you weren't on the list. <laughs> and so one day he goes in to clean, and she's like, hey, JoJo. <laughs> and he's like, uh, no, no. <laughs> I know that that was a dad moment. I'm fixing to own it. Um, and so he runs away from her, and she grabs his garment, and all of a sudden, woo, ain't nothing left. Okay? And so he's running out of their house in the birthday suit. And so she comes out, screams, and says, look what he's tried to do, and, and blames him, falsifies this, uh, this accusation against him. And Potiphar sends Joseph to, to jail, Pharaoh's jail, and he has to start all over again. He begins to rise. All of a sudden, there's a dream that uh, Pharaoh cannot answer, and Joseph interprets that dream, and Pharaoh says, okay, you're the man. I want you to lead this new effort to try to help us save our country. And so he's in charge of everything. The brothers come back. They meet Joseph, and he works through forgiveness. And the part that we're about to read is they've already been restored. Jacob has, and his family have moved to Egypt, and, and Jacob is about to die. And so all the brothers are scared because <laughs> once daddy gets gone, Joseph's fixing to regulate. You understand what I'm saying? The only reason he hadn't killed us yet is because dad's still alive. This is the story. Genesis chapter 50, verse, uh, I think we start in 21. Uh, my computer just went crazy. Um, Genesis chapter 50, it should be on the screen. Um, let's see here. I'm almost there. Sorry. Totally unprofessional. I get it. I have one hand that works, and I hit the wrong button. All right, Genesis 50, 15 through 21. It says, when Joseph's brother saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us, and he may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph, saying, before your father died, he commanded, saying, they're still trying to work this thing out. Look at this. Thus... You shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now, please forgive the trespass of your servant, of uh, God your father. And, and Joseph began to weep. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. And Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for I am in the place of God. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for my good. In other words, in order to bring it about to this day to save many people, to save many people. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and he spoke kindly to them. I want to talk a little bit, and I want to unpack, because all three of these principles, these disciplines, are in this verse, and I kind of want to pull them out. I wish I could tell you that you would never be hurt. As a pastor, I hurt when people are hurt. 
I wish you would never be misunderstood. I wish that people would never manipulate you. I wish that you would never be lied to. However, that's not the world that we live in. And if we don't understand the world that we live in, then we will have these false expectations and we will treat everyone as if um, we should not hurt people. The truth is, at conception, we are born with this innate desire to be self-led. The Bible calls that a sin nature. We want what we want. Come on, somebody. When we want it, we're about to have nervous breakdown in the fast food line. Come on. If it ain't here out in three or four minutes, oh, we're we about to have a come to Jesus meeting right here in the coffee line. All of us have this desire to be self-led. Now, here's the problem when you're self-led. When you're self-led, the Bible says that we're stiff-necked people. You know what that means? That means that we determine what is right and wrong in our own eyes. That has to fall under submission, and we have to agree with God's way of living for, check this out, for there to be healing and order, that's how it has to work. Because if not, there is no absolutes. It doesn't matter. Oh, whatever, you're, whatever you want to do is great for you, and whatever me is great for me, and whatever my family and your family. And before we know it, we are a society where we all do what's right in our own eyes. And here's what I'm telling you. When that fully manifests, there will be chaos. Because laws without character, only people of character obey laws. Come on, somebody, is this, is this right? Well, I just don't believe I'm a sinner, and I just, I just, I haven't even met you, and I don't even know you, and I just really, I just really feel offended that you said that. Okay, well, you're not a parent, obviously, because here's the deal. I have four kids, and we didn't teach them how to lie. It just happened. We didn't teach them how to fight. We didn't teach them how to argue. We didn't if you get two babies in one crib and put one toy in the middle, they're not having a sharing contest. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? No, that is not happening. You get eight kids in one cookie and you understand mayhem has hit the house. Go ahead and take one child out and buy them an icy and see if all the other ones are like, I am so glad that daddy blessed you. <laughs> it's in us to be prideful, want our own thing, to be right. And because of that nature, you're going to be hurt. And instead of wishing that we weren't that way or that Adam didn't fall or that sin didn't come, Jesus came to teach us how to live in this world so that we could forgive people, restore people, and be someone who perseveres in this life. And so it's not going to change till heaven, so we've got to adapt. Does that make sense? These are the principles that I see in Joseph. In over 20 years of working with people, there is a huge difference on how people interpret hardship. Some people, when they experience hardship, they become a victim. Some people, when they experience hardship, 
they change. They transform. They become better. They become compassionate. They become sympathetic. They bec- Does that make sense? And so let's look at this. Pain is always the precursor to production. Pain is always the precursor to production. If you find me someone that has experienced no pain, then I can tell you that they're not producing at the level that they could. See, here's the deal. Pain does something. Pain shows weakness, which provides a vacuum for God to come in, restore, heal, mend, and then move you somewhere different. We'll see a little bit of this as we talk about Joseph. As we look at this, here's what I want to say. It's only when you surrender your painful moments to God that he can redeem them. If you hold them and you become a victim and not, don't let God touch them, don't surrender them to God, then God cannot do what God does and God restores. That's what he does. Joseph teaches us six disciplines that we need to complete the dream. We talked about three last week. Go listen to the podcast. I'm going to talk about three this week. As we said earlier, the dream that God has given you is not just for you. Okay, everybody loves dreams. Talking about dreams is like culturally irrelevant. Hashtag dreams, baby. You know, I'm just saying, we got the dream team. We got the, I mean, everybody loves dreams. But the truth of the matter is, a, a worldly worldview says, the dream is for me. God's worldview says, I will give you a dream that will make my kingdom, and I want to partner with you so that you can change people. It's always something for someone else. As we look at this, in the text that we just read, a powerful display of all three points. Let me put this in perspective. Joseph was moved into a jail that he didn't, uh, he was moved into a jail for a crime that he didn't commit. The jail, he started to thrive, and then he comes along and there's this cup uh, bearer, a butler, and a baker from Pharaoh, and basically Pharaoh almost got poisoned, and so they, they send these two guys to jail while they figure out who's, who, who actually did the wrong. And there is something in the dialogue that begins to show the health of who Joseph is. And I want to read, I want to read that to you real quick. Genesis chapter 40, verse 6 through 8. And Joseph came to them in the morning and looked at them and saw that they were sad. Remember that. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of his Lord's house, saying, Why do you look so sad today? And they said to him, We each have a dream, and there is no, and there is no interpreter of it. So Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell me what they are. Number four of the six that I feel like if you're going to unlock your dream, you're going to have to practice forgiveness. You're going to have to practice. You don't forgive, you practice it. Over and over and over and over again. Joseph became good at forgiveness. Listen, and this passage amazes me because Joseph is a slave in a jail for a crime he didn't commit, and he notices that the cupbearer and the baker are sad. 
Bro, I'm sad. Okay? I had a code. I had places to go. I had a dream. I had something. I'm, sa- I'm not worried about your sadness. I- I- I've had years. Hear what I'm saying? See, here's the thing. Is only those who know pain can see it in somebody else. Joseph saw in them things that he had felt. And he could recognize it. And he could minister to it. Here's what I want to tell you. I, I, I don't believe. The Bible says that God gives good gifts. That's what the Bible says in James. I believe that God can turn around your situation and turn around your season and use the more, most horrific events in your life to minister to someone else. Here's what I want you to know. God will never heal you, listen to this, just for you. God will heal you and God will restore you because he wants to offer that to someone else. Joseph saw in them the turmoil of moments that he had faced. Wouldn't it have been understandable for when these men said, we had a dream, and Joseph's like, oh, heck no. No, 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 no. Don't, don't even say that word to me. You know what I'm saying? You say that word again, I'm going to slap the taste out your mouth. Let me tell you what happened the last time I talked about dreams, okay? The last time I talked about dreams, I was thrown into a pit. I was sold for 20 shekels. You know what I'm saying? My whole life spiraled down when we started talking about dreams. No one talked to me about dreams. I'm not, I don't want to hear nothing about no dream. It's amazing, and, and, and I know that I'm not old yet, <laughs> but I am getting there. It was funny. We had a church planner come a, about a year ago, and he was joking. It was funny, but he's one of our art guys, and he came and sat in service. Man, y'all did great. It was awesome. And we, at that time, you know, I mean, which we still kind of have a young worship team, and I know that you know that. I know that you see that, and I know that you hear that, um, uh, but... Um, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of worried about how young our people are. And I'm just, I'm really waiting for some of our older church members to kind of sing and play piano and do so that we can work in and build. And he goes, I wouldn't worry about that. And I was like, why? And he said, well, because you're up there. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I was like, there was a day I had spiky hair, bro. You know what I'm saying? Don't make me wear some skinny jeans up on this stage. And the church said, no. (laughs) The reality is, it's funny because the the older we get, the more negative we become. You have to lean positive. Because if not, come on, we have what the young people, uh, uh, what what is that called? Um, Experience. Uh, And so what happens is we realize that maybe every business isn't going to start out of our mom's living room. Maybe it's going to take a little bit of time. Maybe it's going to be a little effort. Maybe it's not going to just trend. Uh, I went to college. I I got married. I had my kid. Maybe it's not going to all work out the way we thought. Come on, somebody. Joseph was not negative toward their dream. He, bless you. 
He wanted to help them. Listen to this. He wanted to help them. You can know if you're healing when you're in a place you don't want to be and you're still helping heal people. You're still listening to dreams, even though yours hasn't manifested. You're still trying to help people overcome. You're still trying to help. Come on, I'm helping you get there even though I'm not there. Come on, somebody. I'm helping you. Joseph, listen to this. Mistreated, sold as a slave, thrown in jail, yet he was never a prisoner in his heart. He was never a prisoner. Today, let me ask you this. I know you're looking good. I know you got your smile. Come on, I know you use that straightener. Come on, I know you, I know you use that beard pick. What I'm, what I'm asking you is, listen, what I'm asking you is, are you free but a prisoner? It's hard for you to love. It's hard for you to give. It's hard for you to do relationships. It's, it's hard for you to do life groups. It's hard for you to um, come under a vision. It's, it's, hard for you. It's, it's hard for you because of your past. Because here's the deal. God is interested in your future. We got to practice forgiveness. We got to practice forgiveness. And, and I want to walk through some concepts here that I feel like are going to help us. You know, it's easy for us to get offended and mad when things don't go our way. And Joseph was, the, Joseph was one of the most free people in one of the worst places imaginable. Think about this. Forgiveness is an attribute of the Father. It's an attribute of the Father. I know it's only seven letters, but it's a, a huge word. And listen, forgiveness will allow you to focus on your future. You're either focusing on your future or you're focusing on the past. And, and here's what that, that's equivalent to. Go ahead and try to walk forward and look backwards and see if you hit anything. You can't do it. Forgiveness allows you to focus on your future. Forgiveness isn't always easy. It's not and if we're going to do church together, if we're going to, 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 to build something, the Bible says that we can only walk together as we agree. Well, how do we get this many people in agreement? In September, we're going to move to three services. More people are going to come. A lot of people are on vacation. With more people, come on, more opinions. I mean, the reality is I got married with Katie, and she was great. And then we got married. And then we started knowing each other on a whole nother level. And guess what? Contrary to popular opinion, I know there have been times she's hurt my feelings. I know most of you think I'm the one that does the feelings of hurting around here. And that's true. But there are times. Here's what I want to say. I have a, I, 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 years ago, I got, I got a hold of this relational, relationship cycle. And maybe you've heard me talk about it before. But he, I see this all the time, especially in church and with relationships. You know, you have a moment where you connect with people, and, and, and you connect, and you like it, and it's great. Come on, and, 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 and our, our, we, we have uh, people coming, jumping through framework, giving us five stars, commenting, well, you guys are great. And then it kind of the, it moves into this romantic moment where, oh, man, you guys are different than all the other pastors, and you're different. And come on, and I remember, I love it. I'm doing marriage counseling all the time. And I got these two young people, and they're, they're madly in love. <laughs> and we're never going to be like those, all those other married couples. 
you know, we're never, we're never going to go into a restaurant and both have our phones out, never. You know, we're, we're never going to be riding next to each other and not have anything to say. We're never going to do it because we love talking. We love it. Come on. And, and, and this romantic cycle, but then what happens? Reality hits. Reality hits. And you're like, oh. Come on, reality hit. I was this awesome, charming, wonderful man. And then we got married. And I occasionally left stuff out. A lot of stuff. <laughs> reality hit. Can I tell you, every young leader, don't ever promote anybody till, till the people that you're in relationship hit reality. I know churches that have split because they promoted someone in a romantic phase. Everybody's got to get to reality. Everybody's got to know we're just normal people. Everybody's got to know you're just normal people. This is a normal church that God has supernaturally started. And we're all normal people. We're all working it out. We're all trying to figure it out. We're all growing. Come on, somebody. Does this make sense? And if you hadn't hit reality yet with us, you will. Because here's the deal. I don't ever get excited when people tell us how great we are. You know why? Because I know reality's coming. Don't get excited when people tell you how great you are. Because here's the deal. In that moment, you need to know reality hadn't hit yet. Because if you're going to do long-term relationships with people, you're going to have to walk in mercy and forgiveness. And here's the deal. You're going to have to make a response. And there's going to have to be a choice made to walk together. It's not going to be because of three great sermons. It's not going to be because you did a great business call. It's not going to be, be, does that make sense? It's not going to be because you took her out to her fancy restaurant and all of a sudden she's like, oh, practicing her name and your name. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Don't marry until you hit reality. Because reality is the thing that you have to realize, can I live with this and move forward? Forgiveness isn't always easy. There's a cycle. There's a cycle. And there's a difference when people hurt us from vindictive to naive. Some people are vindictive. Come on. Their hurt was purposeful. They meant to say that, meant to do that. It meant, but some hurt is, ah, I didn't even know. You didn't even know. It, it was an accident. You know what I'm saying? I said, hey, kid, come here. And you were like, kids are goats. You don't call them the children goats. Good Lord. Ah, it's like, it's church. Okay. We'll call them children and not goats. I mean, the, but people get offended about things that it's like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. That was an accident. That was not vindictive. And if you're going to move forward, listen, and Joseph had an understanding of Forgiveness improves your relationship. It improves your life. It achieves the dream. Forgiveness is open to all of us. Come on, listen. Yourself, many people here, you've got to forgive yourself. You've got to forgive your ex. You've got to forgive your mom. You've got to forgive your dad. You've got to forgive your boss. You've got to forgive your spouse. You've got to forgive your staff. Come on, somebody. Is this good? Because you will never unlock what's inside of you if you are hindered. And this is where I get a lot of amens. Oh, yeah, absolutely, Pastor. Good. We're going to forgive. So go ahead and write your hate list and just, I forgive in Jesus' name, forgive them. 
But forgiveness is measured in the next point. We're talking about six disciplines. Forgiveness, and then number five is we seek to restore. We seek to restore. And I already know the thoughts are coming, so I'm going to deal with them. Listen. When we jump back into Scripture, Joseph had his brothers who manipulated, threw him into the pit, sold him into slavery, lied to his father, said that he was dead, and yet his heart was to restore them, not annihilate them. Come on, as a believer, we don't get to hold the thought, God, sick him. Sick him, God. Come on, you bulldog of heaven. <laughs> Sick them. We never get excited at the potential failure of someone else. We're going to have a young staff. There's going to be young leaders. There's going to be young people. There's going to be people sound. There's going to be people. And guess what? Some of them are going to mess up. They're going to grow. They're going to become who God's called them to be. Listen to what I'm saying. And all of that, well, they'll learn when they're older. We don't want that because that same judgment will be on us. We seek to restore people. We love people. We want to see them promoted. That does not mean that we don't handle real issues. That doesn't mean we scapegoat. We're responsible for what we're responsible for. Come on, I've heard people get offended at a church and can't wait till it closes. You don't have that option as a believer. God will either promote or God will seal or God will shut. But on the same measure that you judge, you will be judged. Does this make sense? How, how friendly are you to people who hope your marriage fails? I just can't wait till they get divorced. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Teach them a lesson about pride. Come on. The reality is we seek to restore people. And here's what I want to talk about. Restoration is always on you. It's always on you. Now, there are some people in this place that... You had to leave an abusive relationship. You had to leave something that was very hard, and I understand that. And, and I'm, that is like 3 to 4% of, of us. And, and, and I'm not talking about walking back into something toxic or harmful or destructive. Does that make sense? You understand what I'm saying? I, I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. But what I'm talking about is this. Jesus seek to restore And we are going to be restorers of people. That's what we're going to be. There was this young man who was on our launch team. And um, he came up here and started the church with us. He was the one that that whole nice wood wall and all of that and all the design. He was the one that that was all his idea. He did all of it. Um, He helped us come up with all that. We've known him since he was a kid. We had a great relationship with him. He, He was a huge part of our life. And after about a little over, just barely a year of us uh, being here and and launching our church and and being with us and being a part of everything, you know, he had had some struggles that he had dealt with. And we all do. See, this is why we have to restore people, because when we all know that we have the same nature, we're less um, offended when people act like their nature. Now, 
We want holiness. We want trans. We're in, a, we're in a society that, you know what? We have passed laws that's against the Bible. And I'm going to be very truthful. I'm going to be very transparent. See, here's the thing. And I said this earlier. We are a church that loves people. So don't get it twisted. We love you. However, whatever background, however you came. Because we don't know. And, 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 and there is one judge and we're not it. Can, can, can you understand that? You have no idea what man is struggling with homosexuality that didn't have a dad. You, you, and so to, or or what, what woman is struggling with lust that had an abusive past? We are not going to be a church that it judges people. We're, we're just not. But on the same token, we're not going to say, because we love you, we're not going to teach the truth. Because the truth will set you free. Does that make sense? That's what it does. It sets us free. And so I knew this young man. This young man had a struggle of homosexuality. He and I had talked many, many times, and he was fighting that fight. You know, what's funny is there's a lot of people that say, you know what? You know, I don't know how to deal with a born one this way. And, and here's, what I, here's how I handle that. We were all born this way. We were all born to sin. And yours may not be sexual, but it may be prideful. It may not be prideful, but it may be greed. But all of us were born to go the way of sin. And it was Jesus. Come on, somebody, help me. And so we are not going to ostracize and pick on one group, but we are going to teach holiness and character and develop our spiritual does that make maturity. Does that make sense? So he dealt with that, and he said, I'm done. I don't know what I think about God. I don't know what I think about this. I'm done. And, and it was hard for us. I mean, I remember we had days that we cried. But here's the deal. Every time I saw him, I gave him a hug. Every time I saw him, I gave him a hug. I knew he was battling. Every time we went to the place where he worked, I gave him the, one of the biggest tips he could. I saw something on Facebook, a message on Facebook that he needed help moving. I got my truck and I helped him move. And he was out. He was no longer a part of what we were doing. You know, the reality is, you know, he was frustrated kind of at what we were doing in church, you know, because he wasn't living that way. But me, other ones of our staff, kept loving him. A year later, he comes into service, repents, walks the altar. Because he felt like, even though I haven't been doing right, I know these people love me. Since that time, he's been on multiple missions trips. He, he, I, I talked to him yesterday, talking about what God's doing in his life. And I'm not saying that there still is not a struggle. But here's what I'm telling you. Is we will not be a representation of Jesus if we don't lean to restore people. We got to restore people. We got to love people. People are going to mess up. Come on, is that is it good? This is what Joseph shows us. My brothers are here, and they feel no more than a slave. Let me pick you up, and let you know. Not only am I not going to destroy your life, I'm going to take care of your kids. Come on, come on. That's huge. The last one is this. The last one is, can you, can you do one more? And then we'll get out of the way. We'll let the worship team come up here in just a second. The last one is this, is you have to persevere until the end. It doesn't matter how great you did for 40 years. 
It doesn't matter how great you did for 80 years. There is a pastor that I know that I respect greatly. He's built a great ministry, produced a lot of leaders. And he was in a small pastor's meeting, and I was in that meeting. And one of the young pastors raised his hand and said, Hey, Pastor Chris, uh, man, how have you been able to keep your character? And you've done so good. And how have you been able to end strong? And the first thing out of his mouth, he says, I'm not done, and I haven't ended, and I fight every day. If you're 60... You got about 40 years left. Maybe 45. I don't know. Maybe you're going to get your full 120. I don't know. But, <laughs> but, but come on, come on. Be running at 120. Listen, all I'm telling you is we can't wait till we're done. And God says, you run till you're done. You're not waiting till you're done. You're still writing. You're still speaking. You're still mentoring. You're still loving. You're still doing. You're still playing. You're still worshiping. You're st- After all these years, I'm just so tired. You're still doing it. And then there will be a day when you will hear, well done, come on, good and faithful servant enter into, the Bible says, rest. You don't get to rest. Your rest is temporary now. Your rest is a Sabbath, but you're working now. You're working on your character. You're working on your pride. You're working on your mouth. You're working on your responses. You're working on your jealousy and insecurity and pride and rejection and offenses. We're working on that until the last day we take that last breath. And that's what Joseph did. He was still working to the last day. He didn't stop when he got his dream. <laughs> to the last day. Here's what I'm asking you. Is there a forgiveness issue that is holding up your dream? Is there a restoration issue that because here's what we do. Church people, church culture in 2018, here's how we forgive people. We forgive them by forgetting them. That's how we forgive. What? I don't even think about them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They were so much a part of your life, and you hit delete. God never deleted you. When you were running, he never deleted you. The Bible says that he stands at the door of your heart, and he knocks. And he, come on, come on, come on. Who have we deleted? Who have we closed that chapter? Who have we said no more, never? You guys hearing what I'm saying? Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not trying to move you back into an abusive relationship. But here is what I'm saying. Maybe you need to text your mom today and just say this. Mom, I love you. Dad, I love you. For us, why why is this so, so big for us? Because on May 11th, we got into a pretty, pretty bad accident. And all, I think one of the reasons that this series has been so good is because uh, it was all for me. (laughs) I've had to forgive. We've had conversations about restoring. Someone hit us in our lane and all I'm doing is taking my kids to school talking about Jesus, talking about being a light in your school, head on wreck. Broke a foot, shattered an ankle, had to have a plate in my wrist, three ribs. 
Don't sit there and go, well, you don't know what I've been through. I get it. I don't. And I'm not saying that I do. And yours may be 10, 10 times harder than mine. But do not think that there is not someone in this room that has a story worse than yours. You don't have an option. If you're a believer, you have to forgive. You have to restore. And you have to keep going. You have to keep going regardless of how you feel. Regardless of how you feel. You have to persevere. And so here's my question. Here is my thought to you. Joseph was forgotten, mistreated, and abandoned. Persevere. Stay patient. Stop being anxious. Stop being like, you, you, it ain't going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen because God's the one that gives it to you. You seek ye first. Come on, somebody. The kingdom of God and everything else will be, come on, say it, added. Some of you are like, I don't even know what you're talking about. The answer was added. <laughs> Keep winning. Keep winning. I love the story of Joseph because every time he got a chance to be knocked down again, he won in that area. Are you winning in your thoughts? Are you winning in your effort? Are you winning in your reactions? Well, I don't know if they... Come on. Are you winning in your faith? This is what I'm hoping for. One of our values is that we create, we want to see God create people who win in life you cannot win being heavy and suppressed they got me doing this one thing in physical training I'm gonna be done there's a towel and they're like hold the towel grab it and she tries to take it from me and I try uh, and it's like ah uh. and so the first time she did it you know it was like nothing you know what I'm saying and I was like dang it this time I was like I'm not letting it go some of you because of hurt and pain and rejection you've let go what God wanted you to hold and you got to hold it you got to stand up thank you for listening to this week's podcast we would love to hear how this message ministered to you feel free to let us know on the connect tab of the house church app we hope you have a great week